Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. little while at Toronto Inter- at, at TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival. We talk a lot about uh, craft and art making and how to make a film. And, and Avi talks about listening well and about his past as a, oh, well, and maybe present as a jazz musician and about how how this film is really about letting go and, and about how he, the process too of how he lets his actors and his characters actually help him write the film. So I, the thing I think I found so fascinating about this film is it's about so much more than uh, what is on the surface. And there is a whole lot going on here, way more going on here than meets the eye. It's about the Holocaust. It's about relationships and family and reconciliation and forgiveness and past life. And by the way, W.H. Auden makes it in there as, as well. Look uh, carefully. Uh, Avi Nesher is my next guest. His film is Past Life. DavidPeckLive.com for more interviews. If you'd like to book me to speak at your event, please let me know. And don't forget to pick up my book, Real Change is Incremental. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today. I am uh, thrilled to be sitting here with the director of Past Life, a new film by Avi Nesher. He's joining us here live, actually, and, in fact, face to face. This isn't a overseas Skype phone call, which is kind of a pleasure for me. So thanks for joining us today, Avi. My pleasure. Thank so, you. So on the way up in the elevator, you tell me no jet lag. You, you just got into Toronto yesterday, and you are a master at travel, apparently. At, 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 at travel to Toronto, specifically. Oh, okay. So this, you know, you've, you've, you've it's, my, it's my fourth. It's my fourth my fourth time here consecutively, actually, and I've, I've gotten to be very good at figuring out, you know, I mean, how to keep up really late so, so to, to <laughs> right. get, but you know, so I'm 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 back on Tel Aviv time recklessly oh, enough. Okay. And you keep the vodka consumption down, is that? No, no vodka helps, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not kid ourselves. Uh, sure, right? yes. of course. Yeah. Um, so, so I asked you briefly before the recorder came on, and you talked interestingly about your film uh, and it becoming. 
no longer yours at, at a screening once it's been screened. And this is world premiere, really, yes. isn't it? So, so tell me about that as a filmmaker and that experience when you, you're, you're, you're at Q&A, film has ended, hopefully the standing ovation is still going on. Uh, what's that? You know, you refer to it as a child. That kind of interests me. It takes on a life of its own, is that? It, it, it really does, because I was fortunate enough to make my first movie when I was 23 years old. And at 23, the, the greatest things you have going for you are your own ignorance and stupidity. <laughs> and so I was both ignorant and stupid, and I, I had, you know, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I, I think I didn't even know that there was a man called a distributor. Mm. I thought that, uh, you know, the film miraculously appears on screens of right. movie theaters right. across the world. I had no idea. I mean, our first test screening, we had this bearded man come in, and he loved the movie, and our producer was very excited, and I couldn't understand why. It was just one guy, and, right. but he was a distributor. Right. Um, right. So um, I, I kind of got used to the idea that, uh, that you, you make a movie, and then people see it, and they interpret it the way they want to interpret it, and you've put in all that stuff and all your emotions and all your notions, and from that moment on, it's theirs. And it's a movie that has gone on to become one, one of those movies that kind of stick around, like in America they have It's a Wonderful Life, you know, so in Israel it's a movie that gets, you know, shown on television a lot and every Independence Day, and it has kind of become part of the fabric of the... This bit. is the first film that... Yes. Yes, and, and 23. Yeah, and, and, uh, and it really is not my film anymore, you know. It, so it, was it your own sort of, you know, to quote you, your own stupidity that allowed you the freedom to, to step into a world that you really knew nothing about, but yet were able to sort of disrupt. Yeah, yeah in, in a spectacular way. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep that stupidity alive. Uh, and actually, <laughs> me there, too. There, there's, no, there's no worse insult that one can call me, uh, um, you know, I, I, I hate being called a professional. You mm. know, I hate like, mm. you know, really knowing what I'm doing. I think one should walk into every single film and try to invent it or reinvent it. And when you are 23 and you don't know much, that, that's a blessing in my eyes. And at, at some point, you, you can know too much for your own good. So, you know, I, I kind of, I, I come from jazz. I used to be a jazz musician, not very good, but quite enthusiastic. And um, the, the only good attribute I had as a jazz musician, I, I was nearly not as good as, as most people I played with, but I was really good at hearing on stage who's got the best riff. You know, mm. and I would steer everyone towards the person who has the best. So does a good so does a good director have to listen well? Is that kind of what uh, you're saying? Uh, listen well, and and not and not, you know, not be intoxicated by one's original vision because vision is a very fluid thing, and it comes to life and it's collaborative art form. And as you make a movie, you know, I, I rewrite extensively, and I consider my actors, my co-creators, and my crew as you know, the people who do the good fight with me. And it, it always comes out different than the first draft, and that's a good thing. You know? And by the time I do it, it doesn't belong just to me, but to all the people who are involved. And then when it comes out, it's everyone's. So, so the film is past life, uh, and I, wanna, I actually want to keep riffing on this, never mind the movie. I want to <laughs> keep going down this pathway. It's awesome. But are you, tell us a little bit about the film, inspired by a true story. Um, are you Sefi's sister? Uh, I, I've been, you know, I, I love talking to critics because they explain my own movie to me. So, uh, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, and, and, and it's, it's by the way, I'm not doing that. I'm just making no, some no, 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 no. It's wonderful. I, I, uh, I got yeah. interviewed by the Jerusalem Post uh, article, a great, great critic, and and she loved the movie, and she explained to me that I'm part. Part Sefi, part Nana. I'm I'm uh, I'm a combination okay. of both sisters, yeah. and yeah. and I I kind of see it, I kind of see it. You know, um, 
It's, uh, I, I always tell people that I make very personal movies about mm. stories that did not happen to me. You know, right. I mean, my, my, yep. my, my mother is a Holocaust survivor, but this story I tell in, in this movie is a true story. It's not my story, but it's a story of, of, of people who were born into a world where their parents are Holocaust survivors, and now they need to retrieve their parents' uh, lost childhood. You know, the heroines um, uh, in, in the heroine in the movie um, basically are daughters to a, to a man, you know, who was bound for greatness. Uh, the Holocaust stole it from him, and now he puts enormous pressure on his two daughters, you know, to, to make his name known. And it drives them totally crazy and makes them totally functional and totally brilliant and totally unpredictable and totally provocative, but his legacy uh, drives them. And I, I know everything about it. I just spoke to my mother 20 minutes ago. Mm. And, uh, nice. and, you know, I, uh, so that thing so, goes so on. So I'm going to cut you off. First of all, congratulations. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful film. I mean, it's, it's, it, it kind of plays like a detective story on, mm -hmm. on one level for me, uh, a mystery, uh, a novel almost. I'm actually reading, believe it or not, I'm going to admit this on tape, um, uh, digitally, a Jason Bourne novel right now. My background's philosophy. So typically I don't wow. step out <laughs> of that academic world too often, but I'm having a great time with it and just that you know sort of going into a different area it's been years since I've read fiction I don't see your film as fiction you, you know you say at the beginning of it it's a true story it's inspired by a true story is it really I mean on some level is it that important that it's a true story to, to, to me it is to me it is because the, the Holocaust is a very very touchy mm. subject matter and one should be very careful when one approaches it you know and a beautiful film like Son of Saul did mm. very badly in Israel because in Israel, the Holocaust is not considered anything you can uh, have your way with or you can conduct a cinematic exercise, with, no matter how brilliant. So, you know, I mean, I always tell people, you know, it's been 70 years since the end of World War II, and it's been over for everyone else except for us. You know, for Israel, uh, for Israelis, the Holocaust happened yesterday. And it's a nation which is totally overcome by that specific trauma. And it's affecting everyday life in Israel. It's affecting politics in Israel. And it's something that, unfortunately, my children will inherit from me. You know, and in many ways, this movie tries to deal with the trauma and tries to find out how do we put an end to living, you know, under this trauma. Well, there's a brilliant, there's a brilliant tension of, of forgiveness and reconciliation, and yet standing up against that almost and saying, well, if, if, if we're going to forgive and, and, and reconcile, maybe we'll forget. And heaven forbid we do that, right? I mean, well, no. I mean, I mean, again, history being history, you know, you are not going to forget history. But if if history is too much a part of your life, you know, in in a, in a way, you know, America had to deal with slavery. Slavery is a major trauma, but America has done a reasonable job, you know, atoning, you know, for that original sin. It's not done Re yet. Reasonable small R. Mm -hmm. Yes, but 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 you know, but 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 there's been conscious yeah. attempts no, to, 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 to understand. Yeah. Yeah, and, sure. and and in Israel, uh, I mean, we have our share of crooked politicians who use the trauma of the Holocaust to their own end. You know, the whole Iran business and this and that. And it's just something which is preventing you know this amazing nation from moving on to the 21st century in many many respects. You know, not high tech wise, not uh, financially wise, but emotionally. You know, we're, we're prisoners of that drama. And one has to let go of that because one, you know, one, one cannot progress. So I don't think that letting go means forgetting. I think letting go is understanding. It's, it's a phenomenon that happened in history. And uh, yes, never again. But we have made sure it will never happen again. No need, you know, to walk around gingerly thinking it's going to happen any day now. So, so to, to me, this movie is anything uh, other. Um, it's not about past life at all. 
<laughs> this is all about the future. This is all about what's next. This is all about the splash and ripple effect for good or for ill. And hopefully in this case, for good, without you know t tossing out too many uh, co comments about the story itself. Um, sure, I mean, we can only understand ourselves based on our recollections and, 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 and that really comes to the fore, you know, when they find the diary and, and start connecting some of those dots. Um, well, it, this is the future, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a movie about the past. I mean, by the way, it's, I think one of the most sensitive films I've ever seen, most relational films I've ever seen, and gentle films about the Holocaust, uh, from my perspective. I think oh, well, utterly beautiful. No, thank you very much. It's, it's interesting. Um, again, I, I, love, I love reading critics who write about it. <laughs> so, so now this, this guy in Israel, this really brilliant critic, has come out with this amazing essay about this movie. And I, I made two other movies this decade that happened in the past. One is called Turn Left, Alien in the World and one is called The Matchmaker. And he, he calls it the, uh, the present past trilogy. How, mm. how the mm. past you know, uh, is, is, is present in your presence and how it prevents you from moving on to your future. So you're right, uh, the movie is about a potential future that you will not have if you will not deal with the past. You know, and so obviously. Well, and, you, and what's so brilliant about it to me? I mean, this may be now we're now we're stepping into sort of the philosophy of time. Is and in the doctor's character, that 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 sense of not yet, that sense of not being able to get to the future. Yes. He get to he got to a different future with his daughters, and you see it in both of their characters, yes. and his wife, the nosebleed. I mean, it's just there's so many um, not only metaphors but actually in your face notions that this guy is not living what he could be. But, but sadly enough, most of us in Israel are not living what we could mm. be. You know, I mean, again, again you know, I, I look at my own children. My, my daughter is a brilliant young filmmaker and my son is an actor. And both of them, you know, I mean, they, they, their, their grandmother is still around. And she's a wonderful woman, Holocaust survivor. And the Holocaust is in, in their DNA. They will not be able to have a full future either because this thing keeps holding them back. And at some point, one has to accept it one has to embrace it, and one has to let go. And the movie is about letting go, which in Israel is extremely controversial because it's being drummed into our heads from day one that this is the single most important uh, event ever take place in history, and this must shape your life. And I say this must not shape your life. You know, I mean, you must understand it, mm. but you must shape your own life, not based on it. You know, this, this is not the only thing that happens. See your life through it. Yes, in many ways. Yeah, don't, yeah, so take, uh, it's almost, I mean... <laughs> Sorry, here we're going to play the philosophy card, but it's a it's kind of a lesson in, in, in modern existentialism in a way. In many ways, it's we got to take we got to take the bull by the horns here and say we're going to step into this instead of run away from it. Exactly, exactly, and 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 it's not only running away from it. We are, we are not going to cower in fear, you know, thinking t tomorrow comes the next, you know, the next Holocaust just because some Iranians you know say it out loud. You know, uh, word you know talk is cheap. Right, and uh, you know, Iranian politicians use this as badly as our politicians. I was waiting for revenge. I was waiting for revenge, and not because I wanted it. This is not a Western. It's yeah. not where you know you want you want the the, 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 the six shooter to pull out the gun and to, right. to take care of business in a sense. But I felt that tension in the film, music, the lighting, the directing, everything about it. The acting is impeccable, by the way. It's utterly. Thank you. If this doesn't get recognized, <laughs> I'm going to be pretty pissed off. So okay. just, just so you know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. for what that's worth. Um, so, so uh, yeah, that tension, and and yet I, can I say that we don't really see it? Yes, you know, because again, it's it's the, the movie starts with a quest for vengeance mm -hmm. when when this older woman meets 
you know, our heroine. So you think it's going to be about vengeance. And being a former film critic, of course, I mean, I, I know every genre known to mankind by heart, and I really fear genres. Yeah, so the way, the way <laughs> it's I... It's cool, by the way. The way I, I step away from it is I let my characters tell me what they want to do. You know, I mean, I, I, I never know how my movies end. I hate uh, doing overly organized movies. My friends always make fun of me because I have extensive notes for everything. And then as soon as I start writing, I throw the notes out. People ask me, why do you bother writing notes? And I say, well, I kind of make my mistakes in the notes. So the jazz musician yeah. coming out clearly. Com completely, yeah. and, and, and I, I, let, I let life take over. Mm. I mean, my great quest when I make a movie is, is to, to you know, be kind of formalistic about it and have the great score and the great acting and the great look and the visual and the whole thing. And then narrative-wise, just let life dictate the narrative because, you know, God is such a great storyteller and I will not outdo, uh, you know, anything like, like that. So I, I just completely stay away from doing the obvious and if I start out a movie that has some potential vengeance in it, you know, it's a very, I mean, one can pretty much bet that vengeance will not come out. You know, just because it's so expected. So, and for you, and for you, I'm gonna, and I don't think I'm stepping on a limb here, but I'm guessing from what I've heard you say already today, that's not an answer anyway. No. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's a response, but it's, it's not gonna be helpful. It's not, it's not about the future. It's not, no. it's not, it's not leading us towards any kind of reconciliation or healing. No. It, well, it seems to me. Anyway. I mean, the, the, you know, the, there's a time for vengeance. I, I understand, you know, why, you know, Israeli authorities brought Achman to, uh, to trial and, and, and hung him in Jerusalem, you know. It's, it's easier for me to say I let go of vengeance than to my mother because, you know, I mean, you know, every night she goes to sleep, she sees, you know, her whole family, you know, put to a, to a ditch and shot in the head. So, I mean, we're the next generation. It's easier for us to let go of vengeance. Mm -hmm. I completely understand mm -hmm. the need for vengeance. So I do not deplore vengeance. I, I just say at some point, you've got to let go. Was there a generation or has there been a generation of silence? I've heard that, you know, I've, I've, uh, I work a lot in, in uh, Southeast Asia, in Cambodia in particular. I work in international development and I've um, been studying the Khmer Rouge and so on. And just recently on a trip, I had a woman from the Royal University of Phnom Penh basically say there's this generation between the Khmer Rouge families, and they're still alive, of course, and their kids, and nobody's talking about it. And so PTSD and mental health and all these issues that are just bubbling to the surface, you know, what are the implications? Sa be? Same thing Same. with us. You know, mm -hmm. my, my mother never told me anything about what happened during the Holocaust. Wow. First time she started speaking about it was four or five years ago to my kids. Is that right? She, she, she never spoke to me. And actually, one of these three movies of the trilogy, the second movie, The Matchmaker, is about the silence. It's, it's about, you know, growing up and, you know, especially, I mean, I, I, I grew up in Israel where people were ashamed of what happened in the Holocaust, because Israel was a reaction to the Holocaust. So uh, people were ashamed the Jews were led like lambs to slaughter. Right. You know, we were the new Jews and the brave Jews and super Jews. Right. You know, we, right. were not, we, were, we were not about to let this happen. Right. So, you know, my parents were silent because, you know, they could say nothing about it. And, and only now we understand that they were heroes to some extent. And, and my grandmother is talking to my kids about that, yes, so that phenomena. I mean, we are the silent generation, and this movie, in a way, is breaking the silence. So, so this other critic said you you were kind of a combination of Nana and and and, and uh, Feffy. Feffy. Um, uh, boundaries. Uh, the quote, I believe, is boundaries and art don't go together. <laughs> yes, I I strongly believe yeah, well, in that. I can tell by the smile and the body language. Yeah. I, you know, again, well, it's, it, it, maybe your process too, right? I mean, you take all these notes, and then you just sort of you you. you it's almost as if. 
the film is a metaphor. The, your your process is a metaphor for how the film plays out or how life plays out. In in, in many ways, yes. That's an interesting. How way do you of, stay under budget? <laughs> I do, I, I do, because uh, you know, as as Delmo Schwartz says, with dreams comes responsibility. Yes. So I, I do. I enjoy complete freedom making my movies, and I understand the responsibility, and I'm fiscally responsible because it ensures my freedom. You know, and and whatever I do, it does not depend on money. You know, I mean, when I make movies, people understand that they will pay, get paid much less than on other movies. Right, uh, but right. chances are the work will be more interesting. And sometimes it is. Uh, so, so, yes, but the exercise is free form. I mean, we take, we rehearse for six months. Hmm. We rehearse like in theater. You know, I mean, uh, actors don't show up two weeks before they get their lines. Nobody says their lines before they had a chance to tinker with it. And, and all the lines that you hear in the movie, at some point, the actors got involved creatively. And uh, I do many, many rehearsals. I rewrite after rehearsals. And when the actor says those words, in many ways, these are the actor's words. You know, I mean, we forget what I wrote, what he said. It all becomes one, you know, one, one combined goal. Are you hopeful about the past life? And I mean history, but your film, uh, essays, people, school, academia, academia you know, the work that's being done in reconciliation. I mean, you, it's astounding to me, your mother, only four or five years ago, starting to talk about it. Are you hopeful about where things are heading? I mean, I, I don't always necessarily like to wrap things up with, you know, and tie up the loose ends, and I don't know that you do mm -hmm. either. But, yeah, I'm just kind of interested. You, you've got a re real positive energy, and, 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 and yet in the film, I think there's a tone that could suggest this could have really gone either, either way. Yes. Could have ended very badly. Yes. And probably does, actually. Very often it does, you know. I mean, I, I, I live in a part of the world where people refuse to let go. Mm. And people refuse to let go and bloodshed goes on and on and on and everybody's right and the other side is totally wrong. And uh, people don't understand that this is, does not even matter. You know, I mean, who's exactly right and who's exactly wrong. But at, at some point, you know, I mean, one has to forgive, one has to let go, one has to f find a way of living together. If I'm optimistic, no, I'm not sure I'm optimistic. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think the, the, the only thing I can do about it is make a movie and hope um, Israelis see it and hope they're also subtitles in Arabic. And uh, hopefully, you know, uh, people can understand that uh, you really at some point must let go. I mean, uh, justice for me is, is a bad word. You know, because mm. if you seek justice, you know, there will be blood. At some point, uh, enough time has to pass for you to let go of justice and for one to seek solution. And in many, many ways, my, my movies are all about solutions. Will you be criticized for this film? Will people say, oh, easy for you to say. You're, you're a movie maker. You're behind the camera. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a son of a Holocaust survivor, you know. Uh, for me, this is a conversation with my mother. Um, if she's unhappy with it, she will let me know. I think, I think she will embrace this. I think people like my mother understand that this is the only way. That, you know, um, as, as President Sadat said when he came to Israel in the 70s, no more war, no more bloodshed. At some point, enough is enough. So it's very difficult to criticize a sensible solution to a problem that is ongoing and is exacting so much human life. Um, you know, justice can get you only to some point. Uh, at some point, you just have to, to embrace humanity, you have to embrace human values, and you have to face that as human beings, we're limited, and we have to find, you know, some, some way to keep on living. Well, we're kind of, I mean, I love, I mean, lots of people have said it, but what I love about this film is, I mean, 
This film is about so many things, by the way. I mean, that's another question for me. How do you cover so much ground? I mean, we've got gender issues in this, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. But there's a, there's a real core family value to this, too, that is really striking that I absolutely love, that we're all in this, t this, this together. Yes. And yes, it um, seems to be there's this downward spiral, but we're going to hang on, and we're maybe not always going to embrace each other, but we're going to figure it out. Yes, and, 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 and not for naught are the, uh, the two leading characters are young women. Mm. You know, my, my daughter... I so love so, their uh, dynamic, <laughs> by the way. It's marvelous. Yeah, they're, they're brilliant yes. actors. Yeah. My, my, yeah. my daughter saw the first movie for the first time. My daughter is a staunch feminist, as well as she should be. Yes. And she said it's the most feminist Israeli movie she, she, she ever saw. And, is, and you see, my, my future has women you know, mm. uh, leading us on, mm. you know, uh, um, you know, Israeli women, uh, Arab women, hopefully an American president was a woman, yes, yes. you know, uh, my, my future has a change in a way that we, we veer away from the traditional macho uh, vengeance theory into something softer well, and more scene, sensible. The scene where the teacher is, is shouting at her about, you know, why are you wasting your time trying to create? Just, yes. just sing, just use your, use your voice, use your body. Right, yes. And uh, so, so we're going to have to wrap it up soon, and I hate that, mm -hmm. but uh, maybe we can do a part two down the road. I'd be happy to. Um, Sefi's creativity seems to come out of all this, um, hmm, maybe underlying despair? She doesn't seem to want to address this on some level, yes. and yet it's as, as her composition, which is lovely and brilliant and all those things, and what a way to end the film, um, seems to really come to the surface as the resolve starts to take place, and yet the seeds were planted during this time of tension. Is, is that kind of how you work? Is that how, do you think, all artists work? I, I'm not sure. It was in, you know, the, the character of Sefi is based on, on a real person, mm -hmm. on, a, on a very, very brilliant Israeli composer called uh, Ella Sharif. Um, and um, I think uh, I saw her on the set of our movie when we shot uh, a scene where uh, Sefi's piece is played, which of course she wrote. And she was standing there crying her eyes out. And I think this is a moment when she began to understand her own life. I think it's very difficult to mm -hmm. understand the trauma that your parents, ex um, you know, experienced, which has moved on to you, and this whole family thing that, that, that you so wisely pointed out. Yes, this film, film is about family, but it's very hard to see it from the inside. In many ways, you have to step outside. And the great thing about art is art lets us step out of our own bodies and mm. see ourselves mm. within a context that is f fiction, so to speak, but it's also very, very real. And I saw her beginning to understand her own life within a context of a work of art. And a work of art is mm. something that she can understand. So it was really, it, it was really interesting for me. Uh, I, I always understand my life in the context of my That's movies. That's got to be pretty rewarding as a director and a writer to see a revelation. Forget about the audience. That's a whole other child. It's to seeing an actor yes. coming, re having revelations or moments, those aha moments, those shocks of recognition. Yes. It's yes. got to be pretty, pretty brilliant. Yeah, I always tell people I make movies about things I don't know, yeah, not things sure, I do know. Sure. You know, so it's all about the process and all about what you understand when you get to the end point. A couple times you've said the film's about letting go. Um, in other interviews and maybe in other uh, uh, um, uh, reviews, what, what if people, I mean, I, I think it's incredibly layered and nuanced. What are some of the things for you that this is about? Obviously, forgiveness, reconciliation, and so on. But are there any other things that people aren't talking about yet that you're hoping are going to bubble to the surface? No, I mean, again, you, you, you've, you've covered much of everything. <laughs> uh, I, it, it's really about many, many things. It's so it's, uh, I, and, 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 I mean, and really understated. 
which is brilliant in a, in a sense. Like there, I never felt like you had a gavel. I never felt like I was being preached to, which is, I think, a testament to your actors as well and the writing and so on. But sorry, I interrupted. No, no, no. I, I, uh, I, I, you know, I, um, I try not to preach because, again, it, nothing. It's, it's not about black and white. You know, the great thing about art uh, is, is you're able to take on someone else's experience and see how it applies to your own life. And nothing can be stated, you know, with absolute assurance. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. nothing is 100% mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so for me, uh, movies have accompanied my life. You know, I mean, I think, nice. Yeah, you, nice know, you know, I, I, when I think about my own life, I refer to James Stewart in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Mm. I refer to John Wayne in The Searchers. You know, I, I refer to Bogart. And I, I, I refer to great cinematic moments from which I take inspiration, and I, I just hope to be part of that process. I think this is the, the beauty of cinema. Cinema is the modern mythology, and it's what we can refer to when we try to understand our own lives. Can I ask you one last question? Absolutely. Um, W.H. Auden. Yes. September 1st, 1939. Yes. How much did the poem play into the film? It, it was there. Okay. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we should just sort of end it there, because uh, it was, soon, it was, soon it was, as he started to read his diary, September 1st, yes, 1939, I immediately went of course. to Auden, and I had to look it up. Ten points. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ten points for you. Nice. Well, listen, um, I, I hope we can do uh, a part two. Uh, thank you so much for your time, and, and the film is past life. Uh, anything else you'd like to say about it? No, this, no? Was, this was highly enjoyable. Thank you well, so much for thank, having me. Thank you, the, and, and for the listeners out there, uh, it's premiering, world premiere, uh, here at the, the Toronto International Film Festival on... Monday, September the 12th, I yes. believe, and it's going to be playing for a few dates. And then, uh, you're, are you looking for that guy that you knew nothing about way back when? <laughs> that, that distributor still? Or? Not, now I know some oh, be- some bearded oh. guys have to come to the screening and make, and make sure. They're, they're usually all bearded for some reason. They are uh, always bearded. They, they have to come to the screening, and, and even though you know we don't have much gunplay and we don't have any... Godzilla's or King Kong's, uh, they, they have to think that this will be enjoyable for an audience. And I stress the word enjoyable because I think, you know, like people used to want you to eat spinach, even though it wasn't tasty, but it was good for you. I don't expect anyone to eat spinach. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think this is a, it's, it's an enjo- highly enjoyable It's an enjoyable film, film right? Yeah, it's a brilliant film. It's, it's, and, and I think, too, uh, obviously, it's an, it's an important film as well, which I think is... is uh, personally, not a, not an easy thing to do. I mean, you can have great films, you can have important films, but I don't know that they they always uh, come together in a in a uh, um, hmm, collaborative and comprehensive in a in a, a, a beautiful manner. And so, so thank you, uh, not only for your time, but for the film. And uh, yeah, I wish you well over the next couple of days. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 